have. And uh, Rick Goose Goslin, McCann Award winner in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, great friend of mine at the Dallas Morning News. And we have a nice picture of, uh, of, of Goose that we're going to put up uh, here in a little while. But, uh, Rick, I always think of you this time of year when everybody gathers there in Indy for the NFL Combine. Uh, you, uh, you covered a few of these over the years. Can you remember your first Combine? And did that occur a- after you were already at the morning news? I'm trying to remember when the Combine actually uh, started but uh, i would imagine if you weren't at the first one you got there pretty quickly yeah i I covered the chiefs in kansas city but i didn't start going to the combines until uh dave smith maybe the nfl columnist at the morning news in 1992 so that would have been my first one and i was one of i think i think i was one of eight reporters there and we were kind (laughs) of on our own there was no there was no there was nobody credentialing us. There was no NFL PR person to shag interviews for us. It was just us on our own standing in the lobby of the Holiday Inn Express, uh, hoping to catch a player here and there or a coach here and there in the dead of winter. <laughs> what, what, so you weren't even really allowed access to watch the workouts, the workout no. aspect of the combine? You just had to kind of no. visit with people and learn what the scouts were seeing. Yeah, we had heard they, they come out, you know, players come out and you, know, you, you get word that this guy ran a 4 three, eight or something. You know, you, it was all word of mouth. There was no NFL network. There was no, like I said, there was no NFL people there to give you times. You you had to generate that stuff, you know, f- uh, with a friendly scout or a GM that you knew, you know, he may give you some times. Um, and that's kind of how you figured out who did well at the company, who ran fast and who lifted a lot of weights and things like that. But it was... <laughs> It was very unorganized. <laughs> Eight of you. And then by the time you it got revved up um, and it was over at Lucas Oil Field and everything was going on and they would let a few of us, I don't think I was ever picked. Right. You probably got to do it. Uh, you got to go in and actually watch some of the workouts. And, of course, now it's televised and everything. And I would imagine at its highest point, pandemic may have knocked down some of the numbers. But, uh, Rick, what was it, like 100, probably like 800 uh, members of the media or something like that. I mean, it was a, it, it, it turned into a, a, an enormous event. Yeah. Last one I did, I think was 2014. I'd been a columnist for two years, three years. And I think we were over a thousand then. I think now, um, well, pre pandemic. And now I think they're, they're close to 2000 media members now. And, you know, every team, sends the video crew and their, their internet people and they send their PR guy and their head coach and general manager generally speak at the podium. There was no podium back in 1992. They, they, they try to run us out. They would, they would take the furniture out of the, out of the lobby and they would turn the heat off and did whatever they could to get rid of us. We were, we were a dogged bunch, myself and Jeff Legwald and John Clayton, uh, Len Pascarelli. We were a dogged bunch back then. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that. Those are some big. Those are some big time names. I can hear you just talking to Dave Smith, telling Dave that was a time when the morning news still tried to get to everything, and um, but but I, I would imagine you had to educate Dave Smith on why you should be at this event, and um, and then obviously, you, oh okay, Not you're really. saying it. <laughs> Dave, back back then, and you know, back then when. Uh, the morning news was rolling. It was, you yeah. go wherever you got to go wow. and don't worry about the cost. 
Yeah. So I would I would generally go to the combine. I was there for eight days. I turned the lights on. I shut the lights off. <laughs> and I, I what I, what I did my, the biggest benefit for me because we weren't inside. I would line up lunches, breakfast, lunches, and dinners with coaches and GMs, and and get get a lot of information there. Um, you know, and and I'm talking about I had, I was probably hooking up with people from 12 different teams for for those meals. You know, might have a beer with one at night or something. It was, it was uh, I really enjoyed it before it became an event, because you, you had a free reign. You know, and you could you could get people, and now it's so restricted. They they bring guys in for interviews, and you may get them for five minutes, and then they move on. You know, back then we pull a guy out, and and we could get him. You know, you could sit. I remember talking to Jeremiah Trotter uh, out of Stephen F. Austin. I was the only guy that was talking to him, and I spent a half an hour with him. You know, in a in a corner of the uh, of the the lobby of the, the Holiday Inn Express. But now you're lucky. You know, there if you get a player, there's probably 40 people around, you can mm-hmm. hardly get a question in. You know, back yeah. then, they had 334 players, and my goal was to talk to as many as I possibly could. And I would I would be there to ask a question or two. Uh, I think the most I ever got was 254. You know, I had done my homework. I knew how to talk to. And a lot of times, I'd be asking for people that, uh, that, that no one knew or no one heard of. And I remember the, the classic one is I asked to talk to uh, – Tony Romo and they brought him out and I, I got a guy from Detroit news to come with me. He's, he's an Uzi. Tony Romo's what, what, what's the story? I said, well, he won the Peyton award. So Tony Romo, uh, he talked to two people at the combine, <laughs> me and a guy I dragged along for, for the ride. <laughs> the exclusive. And, and, uh, and then of course the rest is history. Rick Goslin talking about the combine and um, and and so many of these years, and I, I remember being in a couple of these things with you, watching you in action. You had that notebook, and you had even before you got there, you had amassed uh, a lot of materials on almost every player invited. You know, from our audience, the Baylor flagship, pretty amazing this year. Um, uh, Goose seven uh, Baylor Bears uh, are in the combine. I think that's always a good sign of the health. Of a of a D one program, and even when Art had it rolling a few years ago, um, there there was never anything close. Baylor's had some great NFL players, as we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, I, I I think that has to be a record for Baylor players. Seven Baylor players invited to the combine, so that's pretty heady stuff for the Bears. Yeah, there there are some schools get two and three and four and five is a good number, but seven is a really good number. Now it's not the fourteen in Alabama's, but. No, Alabama sends their backups, <laughs> backup <laughs> and deep snappers. Yeah, but the Alabama's uh, that's probably your number one draft pick there. But yeah, seven is a great number for a school. Do you remember being there? Some of the great combine stories involved guys like Mike Mamula, who um, who ended up getting taken probably way too high based on having an, an unbelievable combine. Do you remember sort of what people were saying about him, and then? What he did at the combine, because that was back when, if a guy did something like that, it changed yeah. the entire narrative around him. And, uh, and and obviously, I think looking back, I guess it was the Eagles, wasn't it? They would. Uh, yeah. I think we would all agree that he probably went uh, uh, a couple of rounds too early. Yeah, most teams set up their draft board, the preliminary draft board before the combine, and Mike Mamula wasn't in the first round for anybody. But then here's an edge rusher who ran a four four three, 
and that shot him right up in the middle of the first round because the, the, the draft is all about first round. It's all about the measurables, height, weight, speed. You know, if you fit the prototype, you're going to get drafted high. And that's why the second round is always my favorite round because people stop worrying about if he, is he too big or too small? You know, they just look for football players. So a guy like Mike Singletary goes in the second round, Mike Singletary, of course, hall of fame player, first round talent, but because he wasn't that tall, he went in the second round. Uh, Thurman Thomas had a bum knee. He went in the second round. Jack Ham was the second round. You know, Montana went in the third round. But I always thought the best round of the draft second because you can get a really good football player in the second round. Talking to uh, Rick Goslin about his memories of the combine. I also love this thing you did for Sports Illustrated where you put an all-time Baylor NFL team together. And, um, in fact, I just right before we were coming on the air, I, I noticed that you uh, you updated, you made an update to it. So I was scouring sure. to see if I could figure out uh, what you may have changed. But the Bears over the years, and, and most good programs certainly can put some great teams together, but this is a very impressive, especially I love it when you mix some of these newer modern-day players with some of the old players. And, and you, you mean some of our old-timers who listen to us, names like Jim Ray Smith. I mean, that was an right. unbelievable player. And for years, I would still see Jim Ray Smith sitting up at uh, Bent Tree Country Club, you know, hanging out with his buddies. And, uh, and I, I remember telling somebody, I was like, wait, is that Jim Ray Smith over there? They're like, yeah, he's over there hanging out with his friends at Bent Tree. And um, I, so this was uh, – um, I, I don't know how often you do this, Goose, but I really loved looking at this team. I've done uh, – I started about five years ago. I've done like oh, 30, 35 of these teams. Okay. And I got, uh, I got Baylor this week. I think I got Oregon coming up. But uh, it's a lot of fun. You, you, you go back and you dig out players that, that people have forgotten. Jim Ray Smith is probably a Hall of Fame player. He doesn't have a bust yet, but he, five Pro Bowls, nine seasons. He's you know, maybe the best blocker for, for Jim Brown with all those rushing titles. You know, I think he's a Hall of Fame caliber player. The other guy on this list that shocks me, the guy's not in Hall of Fame, is Del Shocker, wide receiver, member of the 1960s All-Decker team, averaged better than 18 yards a catch, went to five Pro Bowls. I mean, there was there, there are a lot of really good players on this list, and I'll tell you, if you read the the story with it, the secondary is absolutely loaded. Yeah, you have Thomas Everett and Ray Crockett on your second team. You know, Hank Greminger won three championships with the Packers. He's on the second team. Just a lot of great defensive backs come out of Blair. So if I'm looking for a defensive back, I'm definitely stopping by Baylor. Yeah, and yeah, they got two good ones this year. In fact, they got two good ones this year. Yeah, I, I don't even think uh, – you're right. Petrie's great. And J.T. Woods is, is great. You mentioned those in the story, but I, I don't even see uh, on the corner – I mean, like, on this safety thing, we think of Thomas Everett. Thomas Everett was one of the great Baylor Bears of all time, and he won a Super Bowl ring. I guess he was with the Steelers and the Cowboys. Might, might have had a couple of Super Bowls now that I think about it. But um, he didn't even make the uh, all-time safety. Goose – it's funny because it sounds like your name – Goose Gonsolin, I, I didn't even, I mean, I, you know how much I, I, I'm a Baylor guy and, and know my Baylor history. I, this was not a player that I was all that familiar with, uh, but that's a guy that was unbelievable in the AFL back in the day. Yeah, 46 career interceptions. He, he's a guy that should be discussed as a Hall of Famer. Five Pro Bowls, uh, he had 11 picks in his first year in the AFL. The AFL players got a bad deal 
uh, in the 1960s. You know, if you made all decade for the NFL, you're in the Hall of Fame. 20 of the 22 NFL players that made all decade are in the Hall of Fame. I think it's only seven of the 22 on the AFC, AFL team that made it. Gonson is one of the guys that should have been discussed at some point, and I'm hoping at some point down the road here we can resurrect some of these old AFL players. And he's a guy I'd love to discuss. I and mean, he was a great, great player. And it just stuns me that you didn't know who he was. <laughs> I know. They'll beat up on me in, in, in Waco, but uh, that's okay. I had Ronnie Lee on, by the way, not that long ago when, when uh, Don Shula passed away. I had Ronnie Lee on and – what a mountain a of a man! Of this team, by the way, I'm a member of this team. Yes, yes, that's what I was looking at, and then uh, that's that's fa- and the Josh Gordon thing's interesting because he, of course he he wasn't at Baylor long, but he certainly uh, you know and, and he wasn't in the NFL that long, but he certainly no. put up enormous numbers. But I I, I I don't have a lot to question here. The only thing I questioned was I might have gone with one of these other quarterbacks. Um, uh, maybe Cotton Davidson over Robert Griffin III because obviously RG3 didn't pan out in the NFL. And um, right. what, was the, uh, what was the updated deal you put on here? I was trying to look for it. I took – I changed kickers. I took Jeff Ireland, who was the general manager of the Dolphins off, and put a real kicker in. <laughs> I put the NFL's 15th all-time leading scorer in, Matt Bryant. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, that's good. Because you're right, but Jeff. I, I, I thought it was cute to get Ireland, and every once in a while I'll throw in something like Ireland or John Madden or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ireland. Him and he was he kicked for Baylor, never kicked in the NFL, but he was a GM for six years, so that's why yeah. he was on the initial team. But when it comes right down to it, you know, Matt Bryant's kicker. Yeah, and in your defense, Matt Bryant wasn't at Baylor the whole time. He came in and was only there for like a year or two or whatever, but he was he ended up being a really great NFL kicker. Well, listen, uh, Goose, always fun to catch up with you, and uh, this is the time of year I love doing it, but uh, uh, congratulations yep. on uh, I, I, this is a, a fun list to go through, and uh, I've, I've been having to apologize to the, you know, Cotton Davidson, by the way, at age 90, <laughs> still shows up at the Baylor Letter Winners uh, the the, uh, right. the yeah the B club you'll still see, you'll see Mr. Davidson every once in a while former uh, I guess he was a was he a Dallas Texan and a Raider and then minus yeah he was the only player Lamar Hunt ever personally traded he traded Davidson to the Raiders for the first round pick and that pick became Hall of Famer Buck Buchanan oh my goodness but I'm sure you knew that as a Baylor guy. I'm sure you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, <laughs> I, I certainly had that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen. It was it was fun. By the way, Cody Carlson. Don't forget Cody. Cody did some good things with the Houston Oilers, the the Bears. Brad Gable. So many great Bears to pick from. But Cody, uh, Cody but would anyway. have been the holder for placement kicks on this team. <laughs> oh, you I, I, did you? I don't think you had Dennis Gentry on there. I wanted Dennis as a return man. I wanted a special Dennis Gentry edition. As a kick returner, he was I, my kick returner is Mike Nelms, who went to two Pro Bowls, and that's I generally okay. look at you know who went to the most Pro Bowls. Yeah, and the other guy who was with Gentry, honorable mention was Gerald Ice Cube McNeil. Yes, yes, who that's was good tiny, kick good kick returners, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and Gerald was about five seven, if that. And oh, he might have. He was five never, four, and and was never above like one fifty. Yeah, he was. Stop it. But I tell you what, he was dynamic with the Browns and and in the USFL. 
Yeah, exactly. And he's dynamic now. You know, he's with Mad Max, or what's a guy called? Mattress Mac? Like, he, Gerald McNeil, you'll love this. He is the guy who does all the flyers. He's, like, in that business. He does all the flyers for Mattress Mac down there in Houston. And that's Gerald's (laughs) company and produces all those flyers. So, there's... Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You know, Matt, when I come on this show, it's always an educational experience. (laughs) <laughs> for both of us yes yes uh, <laughs> all right uh goose great to visit with you and i'll talk to you soon okay, Matt. okay look forward there, to it you bet there he goes rick goslin we once uh much to rick's chagrin we shared an office at the dallas morning news and he had like seven filing cabinets i think i was given like one tiny thing you know one tiny um drawer in the filing cabinet and obviously i didn't really have anything to put in there but we for a short time had our own office that we can well it wasn't our own office we shared it at the at the uh, at the dallas morning news back in the day